All right. First and foremost, I want to thank you for your patience. You're probably like the most happy-go-lucky person I've ever met. Yeah, I'm good, dude. We're good. And second of all, welcome to the show. I guess we'll get started. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> um, I didn't do... I'm like getting bad at like not researching. <laughs> I think it's a lot more fun to do it on the fly, to be honest. Fair enough. And like the conversation has been more organic rather than like me trying to force topics and stuff. But um, obviously uh, for the listeners at home, Sal is brand new to jiu-jitsu as far as I know. White belt, right? Yeah. Do you have any stripes? White belt. Uh, two stripes. Two stripes, man. And That's right. What I thought was fucking awesome. Uh, was you just competed at Pans, which is a, a big tournament. That's a it's not a small or like a, that's a legit ass tournament. And you got what'd you what'd you place? Silver. Silver, your first big ass tournament. That's that's beast, dude. That's really cool. It was fun, man. It was really really fun. I I, I didn't know what to expect. Had never competed in jujitsu before, so I was just like, just just went for it, you know. And you. You're uh you're used to being on a big stage, right? You've you've done like a lot yep. of uh, you're a big, pretty big time musician, and which I think is fucking awesome as well. Did 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 you have any nerves, or were the nerves any different than what you're used to? Oh, oh, dude, like so. <clears throat> right before the the tournament, everyone's just like my wife included. They're just like you know you've played in front of like sixty thousand people. Like I'm used to like traveling for years. I played arenas like all over North America, Europe, but I was, but I was like a white belt in music when I was like 14 or 15 years old. By the time I was like, you know, touring the world playing arenas, I was like, you know, 21, 22, 23, up until like 30. Now I'm 36. I kind of been off of it for a little bit, but, um, so it was kind of like those early years of being a musician. I was terrified getting on stage, but I, you know, pushed myself to do it. But then by the time, like, you know, I was doing it professionally, playing in front of, you know, legit crowds, I was never nervous anymore because I was doing it every single night in a different city. So it was just like, that just became like me going to the office, like no nerves at all. But that didn't transfer over to the tournament at all because it's <laughs> 15-year-old me, but in a different setting now. So I, I took like 13 pisses before like my, my <laughs> first fight. I was like, what is going on? I was like so shot after the first fight. I couldn't believe how much energy it took. Like, you know, when we roll, like I'm doing like double classes now too, like multiple days a week, like two, training twice. And so, you know, you'll roll. So you, you'll know, you, you'll roll. And like, you know, by the end of like, an, you know, an hour or whatever, I'm just like, I'm tired, but I'm not like gassed for life. That five minutes of the tournament, I was so, I, I think there was so much adrenaline that I was like, my lungs were burning. So no, it didn't help me at all do, be, being like a touring, you know, musician or not at all. Like not in the slightest. <laughs> you just described like, I feel like that's a lot of people's first experience. Um, I know my first experience in a jiu-jitsu <laughs> tournament after the first fight, I was like exhausted. Like I felt like worse than like you said, doing a two a day training. Yeah. It, it's like a different level of energy. I kind of covered that. I don't know. I know you just recently like listened to the, uh, some of my podcast and like, yes. Um, yeah. I did a tournament jitters one and I kind of like, that was kind of like the basis of that idea was just like that first time stepping in and like how yeah. much of a mental battle it is. Like 
you've got all your tools and your tools aren't going to change tournament day. It What's going to, yes. what you, all you can bring is like just your mentality to like operate, you know? And yeah, I feel like that's the biggest struggle. It's so far. Well, you know the other, oh, go ahead. It is. You know what else? Like for me, so <clears throat> I got signed when I was like 21. So I never really became a full adult. You know, it was just like, I, I joined a, you know, band, get signed a major record deal. We had a number one song in America and I'm gone. I'm playing, you know, it's, that's been my whole life up until recently when I kind of kind of stepped, you know, took a little bit of time off because I was moving and COVID, you know, stopped my touring game or whatever. Mm. So, but, uh, and I kind of slowly getting back into it, but the, when you're on tour, you have like, I never went through that phase of like, you know, how can I explain like being on tour like you have a tour manager so your whole life is kind of like I just show up and I play the show and there's somebody kind of doing all the behind the scenes stuff right it's like do, dealing with the paperwork making sure you get paid you know showing you where the dressing rooms are telling you what city you're in all that kind of stuff so I've kind of lived like that for such a long time that I'm really bad at like like just functioning in, in normal society and just kind of like you know doing paperwork so and stuff like that so what stressed me out most about the tournament when I got there, I didn't have anybody there with me that I, I'm usually used to being in a setting like that, where it's just like, I'll have somebody like, okay, Hey, this is where, you know, uh, you know, you sign up, this is where you go weigh in. That's the bullpen. So uh, that actually stressed me out the most. I'm like, where, what, where's the bullpen? Where do I weigh in? Nobody spoke English. So I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> and, and then it, I was like, what if I miss my match? So it was like, I was like all the details of being there and like not knowing you know, the process of like, I just showed up and I'm like, what do I do now? They're like, oh yeah, somebody's got to measure your game. Like, well, where the hell does that happen? Oh, you got to go to the bullpen. What the hell is the bullpen? You know, it's just like all that stuff just like stressed me out so much. I feel like I burned so much energy just mentally there. Yeah, dude. Like, um, and I don't think people understand like that is like, that is a huge part of it when you don't know, like you're not comfortable even showing up. Like, it's not like you're just uncomfortable on the map, but like the whole process, like there's a, yes, there's a weigh in process. They weigh, they weigh you in, they take your ID, they check your gi to make sure you're not too long of sleeves, not too short of sleeves. Like they want to make sure everything's like legit into their code and standards. And then, um, and I'm kind of just describing it for like people who are listening. Um, yeah, it, that in itself is kind of like energy consuming. And then, I remember my first IBJJF tournament, I didn't go till like five at night. So I literally had the whole day of my nerves going up and down, up and down, up and oh, down. Yeah. And then like wondering when I'm going to be called and like them changing the schedule. So I'm ready to go. And then I'm not, then I am, then I'm not. And then bro, I had the same like kind of experience. I went to go check in and they took me straight through the bullpen. So I didn't even get to like sit in the bullpen or warm up or rehydrate straight. Oh, awful. Night straight to the mat and i thought i was gonna get at least like 10 minutes and they just kind of like slid me through like all right you guys go and i was like what the oh shit? man yeah so it's, yeah it's, it's and even... then went to eat went to eat i was like my match was at 6 15 at night my first match i was like god damn like i've, mm. I've already like tried to cut weight and then I, I realized i cut way too much weight but then i didn't want to eat too much before i fought so i'm like it's like figuring all those details out too that was like that was i, I found almost just as stressful as the actual fight itself that, that makes it even more of a like a, a interesting feat that you were able to uh, come up with a silver, and especially being so new. I mean, some of the white belts even you know sandbag, especially if they're like big competitors like that. So 
Yeah. It's that's huge ups to you, man. Congrats on that. When I saw that, I was pretty yeah, stoked thanks. for you. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I was I was excited about because I didn't I plan to just kind of go and just like get my ass kicked because I'm like, I don't know what the hell to expect. Everyone's just like, your first competition is the pants. Like, are you like that's that's like kind of a big one. I'm like, yeah, but you know what's that kind of just you know then i was like my my thinking was like if i do it then it's just like well maybe everything else will seem like a little bit easier than that you know so i just wanted to kind of go out there and see and see what it was but yeah i appreciate it it was a lot of fun and it's interesting that you even said like you're used to uh and we'll probably get in uh, i'm sure we'll dive into the background too but like sixty thousand people you're used to performing in front of but then you go to like a gymnasium to to roll jujitsu and the nerves are like you know, still good as new. <laughs> oh man, like, through the roof. And that's crazy. Cause I haven't experienced that in such a long time. Like, because like, you know, like even like a couple of years ago, like I did a TEDx talk and you know, it was kind of similar like I'm in front of an audience and, and all that kind of stuff. But it was like, and I was on a stage, but this was like, it was different. I don't know. I can't explain. I, I felt like, you know, like deer in headlights almost. I almost yeah. wanted to say about like Tom Hardy, the actor. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's like, I just saw a video of him in a tournament. He's like a four strike blue belt now, and I just he's like competing. See, yeah, I see all these videos of him, of him competing, and no he's way. actually he's actually seems really humble, man. Like he he like gets up. Like I saw the the recent one, I saw him get beat, but he still got up, gave the guy a hug, and like you know, kind of smiled and was like, you know, like he had that kind of like after fight endorphins. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And he, I wanted the same for him. Like, you know, like he's used to acting and that's like got to be uncomfortable on its own. And yeah, he he jumps into it. Then you got like people like Wiz Khalifa and like all these, like, I don't know. I think jujitsu is growing so big. I'm hearing more and more like even like health experts and like uh, kind of influencers talking about getting into jujitsu and, and uh, when I think about them who are used to having all eyes on, on them, I wonder if they have the same like fear when they go to like kind of like a combat situation with somebody, you know? Man, like a- yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder. I wish I see. I wish I I knew about jujitsu when I was like a kid, but like it wasn't like available where I was from. You know what I mean? It just wasn't. And 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 like grappling in general, because like Americans have like you know wrestling is so much a big part of you like your culture as like Americans like it's it's you guys do it in high school and all that kind of stuff and and we don't have wrestling in canada like it just it's not there it's not, not a thing so it was like the, the grappling arts in general like just were very like obscure it would be very like it wasn't available where i was from and i wish i would have found it a lot sooner because i did start martial arts when i was a kid but i did like you know a, a, a bunch of different striking arts and, and all that kind of stuff and it's just like Mm. I always felt like there was just something like missing. And then obviously you find jujitsu and you're like, Oh, of course, like that's it. You need that. So, um, let's get in, let's get into like the, the band stuff a little bit, like your background. Yeah. Um, so from what I understand and I'm, I'm not like, uh, I'm not, you're in a rock band, right? Yeah. Like, no, yes, yes. And I, so I'm not like, I'm not really big into rock, but from what I understand, I've seen, I've seen your posts and you've got some like posts with some like pretty big name people and looks like you definitely have that rock star lifestyle. And I was, I'm, I'm interested. I want to hear all about it. Like, uh, you know, how you got into it and you know, what started your band and like your success and stuff like that. Yeah. So 
long story short, started music <clears throat> when I was a kid, really got into it. And in, I started, um, you know, playing all the local clubs in Toronto when I was like 14, I was already on the club circuit playing shows, um, multiple shows a month and, you know, pl playing in places I shouldn't have been playing. And then everybody kind of dropped out of the music scene I was in. That was my age. Cause everyone's going to college university and everyone's just like, Hey, we're not like nothing's happening with this. So I'm out. And there was myself and this band, this up and coming independent band called my darkest days from Toronto. And I had seen that they had what I had, which was like this, like, we don't care. We're not going, we're not going to, we're going to be like, we're not going to university or college or anything. We're just going to dive in and like, keep doing this until we sign a record deal. A long story short, we came together and we signed a major de record deal to Def Jam records. Oh shit. And uh, yeah. And uh, the debut record was produced by the singer for Nickelback, Chad Kruger. And, you know, we had this album and we released our very first single, which was a song called Porn Star Dancing. And the rapper Ludacris had heard it because he was also signed a Def Jam app, obviously. Here's our song before it goes to radio. And he says he wants to rap on it. Then the singer for Nickelback says, well, can I sing a verse on it? And then Zach Wilde from Ozzy Osbourne also had heard the song through the singer of Nickelback who showed it to him one night when they were hanging out. And Zach Wilde's like, I'd also like to be a part of this song. So it's crazy. We had this, we had this album that we knew was going to, was going to blow up for us. And, you know, we were just a bunch of guys in a house uh, just outside of Toronto, just like, you know, grinding it out, trying to make this happen. And finally we have this record deal. We have this album that we know is going to do something. And the very first song, which is called porn star dancing, which featured those three guys, Ludacris, Chad Kruger, Zach Wilde, it shot to number one on the, on the billboard charts in America. How could and it not? Went, yeah, it was crazy, man. It was. It went platinum. <laughs> it went first went gold, then obviously went platinum for us, and it, it, it was just nuts. So we kind of like, you know, here we are. We're just living the lifestyle, touring all over the world, playing shows, and it just happened so so fast that it's almost kind of like when I look back at it, I'm like, oh my god, like those years just went by so quickly. We just went from this band rehearsing in a basement like it literally just happened like that to like you know having a number one song and then it just it just never it never stopped and then <laughs> i i toured uh with that band for multiple years and we had multiple hits in america we had like i think three three or four songs that also hit the top 20 uh charts on the billboard charts in america um playing sold out shows you know all over the place and then i left my darkest days uh and and 2013 and i had a solo career um under the moniker smashing satellites and in that project i had like a couple of top 40 songs in america and canada with that that solo project and and then i i took a little bit of time off because i'd been touring at that point for like almost a decade uh without really coming home um and started another project with it was called Bonds of Mara. It kind of featured a few well, diff few well-known musicians from different bands. Like it started originally where I called the original drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Jack Irons, and then oh, yeah. the bass player for the band Default, and then a singer for a big Canadian band called I Mother Earth. And we kind of came together. We 
put out our first single just before COVID hit. So it was like this new, they were kind of like Canadian super group. We just started playing a couple of shows, put out our single, reached top 15 on the charts in Canada and boom, COVID hit. And, you know, the whole project kind of went pause for a while. It just went pause. It went on pause because we were on tour. And then all of a sudden, like we're getting, like we're leaving our concerts. I'm like looking across the street and I'm like, why are people flying out with like, 40 bags of toilet paper like i was like what's going on here and we had no idea because we were like we weren't connected like we were just like so in in our music thing we weren't really listening to what the hell was happening in the world and then we're just like we see yeah so we start seeing like we're playing (laughs) different shows and then we play like three shows in a row where like every city we're in we're like there's just people like running down the streets like with like carts of toilet paper and then we're like what is going on and then it, it hit us we played a show in ottawa and 75 or 77 percent of the ticket holders to our show didn't show up and we're like what is going on and then we just they're like there's this thing called covid or whatever and yeah so that that's kind of where it, it's 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 well, it's did you get like an apocalyptic feeling like going places like that like yeah i was like on. yeah i was like what in the fuck is going on it was so crazy right I'm like what is going because we were just like just kind of living our, you know, our life as usual. And it was just very strange. I was like, what is going on? So yeah, so everything kind of went, went on pause during, during COVID. But it's funny, like that whole time I've always, even on the road, I've always been involved in martial arts. Um, And so it's kind of cool. Like it's just, it's always been like a a part of my life, like kind of music and martial arts. And I was always loved, loved, just loved, loved it. The creativity. Yes. There's, yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of creativity in jujitsu, I think. Dude, totally. And that's what some I love about it. Some people are linear with it. Like some people are pretty linear, but like, I feel like I have fun because there's like a lot of creativity. Like, yes. Um, so, it's like the, the mats are, mats are like the canvas almost. And you're like the artist. I know that's what I love about jujitsu. It's like, you kind of get to like, there's, there's obviously like techniques and principles and, and, but like, I, I, I very, again, like I'm very new to it, but like, I'm like, I, I like the idea that you can conceptualize your own path within it, you know, and create your own, you know, create your own painting through it. I think. It's yeah. Really and cool. your own style and your own flow and your own, like, yes. you know. um, th- was this anything, was this like anything you, you'd expect? Like when you like, you explain like you kind of come up with this song and you get signed for this record. Like, is it, did you expect any of all that to like break out? I know you said it moved pretty fast, but like, was this like something you guys are like sitting around like this shit's going to hit, this shit's going to blow up. Or is it just like an overnight success type of thing? Like, so when I was like a little kid, it's, and this is so crazy, dude, but it's, it's true. And I try and I'm, I'm like trying to get back to the same place to do this again, because because <laughs> uh, I'm like it was almost like magical in a way I used to as a little kid I knew exactly what I wanted to do by like seven years old I knew exactly what I wanted to do I was like I want to be a musician and when when I would go to sleep at night I would like fall asleep to this like like for years I mean for like years I fell asleep to this same kind of like lucid dream every single night and it would like put me right down it would like put me into a deep sleep but it was like this dream where i would be backstage putting on my putting on guitar and like i would hear like this roaring crowd 
and then I would step on the stage with my bandmates. But it was all like from behind, so I never saw any faces. I could just see the back of me, like the back of my bandmates, like, and then the crowd and what all that looked like. And then it's so crazy because years later, I like I, I completely manifested that and like found the the guys that looked like the people in my dream, like the the silhouettes and everything. It's very strange, and. And so I always knew I was like, I had, I just knew it was going to happen. Like, cause my eldest sister is uh, a, like a lawyer. My other sister is a doctor. And so my parents were like, you can't just drop out of school. Like you need a backup. And I was like, no, I'm not no backup plan. Like I'm, I'm going to do this. Like I Full know throttle. it's happening. And I, I, I just, and I knew it was like one of those things. Like I just knew, you know, when you just know something, it's like, if you love somebody, there's no questioning it. You just know you love them. There's no, right. it's hard to explain. It's like, I just know I love them. And it was very weird. Cause like, I knew this was going to happen for me without a doubt. Like I had teachers in high school that were just like, you can't do this. Like, this is a really stupid mistake and you need, you should be going to school for this and for that. And I was just like, I remember thinking like, you're so stupid. Cause I know this is going to happen for me. Like I just knew. And, and hmm. so, um, when it happened, uh, I'll never forget. So we had the, we had the, final recording obviously before anyone heard it and we were playing this shitty little show in this outskirts of ontario to like 30 people and i remember our management or i can't maybe the record label calling us and like we got the final version with ludicrous rapping on it and they sent it to us and we were in this little tiny little club before our show and we just uh. plugged our laptop into the pa system and we played the final version of the song with ludicrous like what his was that or the rock like? It was crazy because like, again, like we didn't know anybody, like we were nothing. We didn't know anybody at this point. We only knew Chad Kruger from Nickelback, which obviously that's a huge name, but, but like, even that was insane in itself. Cause he produced the album, but to have, to have Ludacris, like, you're like, that's a whole other part of the world, whole other genre. And he's rapping on this song. And like, we, I remember we just put it through the pay system in this club and no one knew it was our song. Like the club owners, the people at the bar, we just all sat there at a table. And we we're like, holy shit this is gonna this is gonna be a hit this is gonna this is gonna blow up and and then it and, and then it did and then it did and the music video blew up at one time it was like the fifth most purchased music video in itunes history at the time so it was like all these things happen that what so that i was just like that almost exceeded my expectations in a way i was like i didn't expect our you know the first thing we ever did to just do that but i think what i underestimated was like the lifestyle of being like a, a touring musician like it's so it's so hard even when you're you're doing it at the top of your game and you're you know you're in a nice tour bus and you're you know it's 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 rough it's like it's it's rough like you're living with your crew and bandmates and you're in, everybody's in each other's space and i think that is what kind of a, it, that's taken a toll on me more playing the shows it was just not really having um, a sense of your own space. And then also kind of just being away from like everything that you, you love back home. So yeah. it's like you're, you're, you're on tour and you're meeting like thousands and thousands of people all over the place. You have all these people that are like acquaintances or people that you kind of know, but it's like all these people that, you know, you love and, and want to connect with back home. You just never see them again. It's like, there was one period where I left for three years and I think I came back for a total of like a couple of months within three years. So Damn. Uh, yeah, I uh, moved three times, three different houses in three in, in, in a, in a period of like a, I don't know, almost like five years or, or six years and 
never was ever there for any move-in dates of my houses. My girlfriend, who's my now wife, she would move in and I would never even be there. And then I'd like live there for like six weeks and we'd move to another house. It was crazy. I was going to ask you, um, well, two questions that kind of go hand in hand. The first one I was going to ask, like, is it like a hard job or is it like, like, does it feel like it's a hard job, like a shit ton of work? Or does it feel like, you know, you're, you don't work a day in your life? Like, it's just it's like so, one long party. It's so crazy because it's both. It's like it, it the, the job itself, the actual playing the show is, it's such an amazing feeling. It's like you can walk out, you know, especially when you had hit, hit, hit song and people know your music and people are coming to see you. You step on a stage and there's just like an arena or a theater worth of people like singing your songs. And you're like, this is so freaking nuts. And then you go to the next city and it's happening again. The hard part is maintaining your level of health because you're not sleeping very much. And especially when you're like having a, a moment of success you know, that's where you need to capitalize. So you're doing all this press. So like you would have, sometimes you would, you know, fly into a show or the bus would, you know, get into a town, sorry, I should say. And you would have to be on the like 6am radio show, you know, so you're getting up at five to get on this radio show. You know, you do, 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 you know, your interview, do an acoustic performance for radio, and then you have press all day. And then your show is not until like 11 o'clock at night. And then you're kind of, you know, one o'clock, you know, you're, you're kind of starting to kind of come off stage. You do your autograph signing for your fans. Cause that was one thing we always did. We would like, we would do like an autograph signing after every show or whatever. So then you're doing that. So anyways, then, then you're like winding down. So you're not really going to bed till like four in the morning. And then you're up at like five sometimes. So it's like, sometimes you're only getting like two hours of sleep. Sometimes you're not sleeping at all. And I felt like your health is just really hard to keep. I remember there was one June, month of June, where we had like 23 flights in 30 days. So we were flying twice a day sometimes to just make the demand of our touring schedule because our bus couldn't get to certain places fast enough. And it was just like, it was awful. You're sleeping like on airplanes and airports. And so that that part of it, it was what made it feel like a job. But then the actual act of like creating and performing that was this like that was just like man i can't believe i'm getting paid to do this yeah that's that's really cool and um you kind of touched on it well all that moving around does sound tiring i i'm like a person with insomnia so i understand like how you feel with no sleep because there's some nights where even sitting in my bed i only get an hour and yeah it makes it i can only imagine you have to have high energy the rest of the day um that's yeah that and, and, and that's a, that's sorry not to interrupt you but that's the other messed up part is you can't have a bad day because like you say like you know you have like you know when we were hot like when we were it was ha really happening for us you know you you drop into a city the second you get off your tour bus like people are recognizing you all over town like i had a huge mohawk that was like like 10 inches big so I like i go for lunch <laughs> yeah so no matter you, you pull into a city and you're in the area where the show is, there's fans everywhere. So like you have to be on. So even if you don't want to talk to somebody, somebody comes up to you, you can't be an asshole to them because then that goes online. Like you're an asshole. My guy's an asshole. When really just like, so that, that's the hardest, that to me was like the hardest part is just like maintaining, like, you know, trying to just continue to be a good person. Even sometimes when you feel so awful. Yeah. Um, it's so funny you just mentioned the mohawk because, like, dude, like, I'm used to seeing you in, like, chill gym clothes, like, you know, like, 
relatively like you kind of look like a beach body like a beach guy you know what i mean yeah to, to yeah, me, yeah totally like a chill i am and then i get on your instagram like when you and i first connected and i was like damn like he had the mohawk he had like the threads like you looked like a like a rock star bro and i was like <laughs> I, I was like oh things are gonna get interesting here <laughs> yeah tons of piercings like my nose pierced all my my like six piercings on my ears it's like jujitsu i could take it all off you know yeah and uh do you still wear any of that stuff you know what it's funny like i just got so sick and tired of it having to take it off all the time going to jujitsu yeah. and that i'm like man i just i just like keep it off now and and it's it's that's fine <laughs> right yeah, now at least I, i've even got like watches necklaces and like you know bracelets and rings and i used to wear it all and then jujitsu it's like the same shit i've like lost nice jewelry because i have yeah. to take it on and off at the gym and remember to put it back on or put it in like a sock and yeah exactly totally I, totally i want to hear about um like some of the struggles of like touring in the band and like like how you know what kind of struggles either you had personally or the band has and then you know yeah. how, you, how you guys kind of handle them because i imagine it like you said like it's hard for three people to get along four people to get along like and you're talking about people being up in your space and you know yeah not really having much like room like if there's like a my head goes to like man if there's a day where you just want to relax but the guy next to you wants to freaking you know get rowdy yeah I, i've been oh, through man. that with my yeah. friends yeah um, yeah man yeah so what are so well, what are some of the struggles and like how do you guys handle them and get through them or are you personally my main struggle and we'll talk we should talk about this too because you're saying you you share this as well like i so like i said we were just a bunch of dudes in a basement okay and then it literally for us it to me it really felt like it happened overnight and it really did because the song went to radio after it was you know done and everyone had recorded you know ludicrous and everyone was on it and then as soon as it started to chart in america we like we were watching this thing go up at the charts we were still in this house rehearsing and we're like oh my god we're on the radio in america and like we're just a bunch of jabronis like rehearsing <laughs> in a basement in ontario and so all of a sudden we get a call to go on our first big tour to open up for an, a, a a big band at the time or whatever and we support them on a tour as you know our first big tour i, I like i said this lifestyle i had no idea like this i was going to be up and all this stuff so long story short I ended up becoming a total insomniac man and i hmm. i just couldn't sleep anymore my my i was i was so thrown off and then i started to become super anxious and <clears throat> my biggest struggle in that whole project was i had come home for like a week or two after like my first midway through my first tour or maybe right after my first big tour and i went to my doctor and i was a kid i was like 21 years old and i said like i was like hey i'm having a hard time sleeping and I, I just kind of said in passing, I was like, I need to do something. I've been super anxious. I'm, I'm trying to adjust to this lifestyle. Like, I, you know, this wasn't, wasn't what I expected. And my doctor was just like, here, I'm just going to give you a pill. It's super safe. You can take it whenever you want. And I'm like, all right, cool. So it was a pill. And it was, it, I don't know if you ever heard of clonazepam before, but mm. it, it's a, it's a benzo. And I started taking this and dude, I got addicted to this thing for like, uh, I would say like the better half of like 10 years and oh, it almost ruined my life. Um, and I, so I, I, it just, it really threw me off like mentally and physically. 
And, and then it didn't also didn't help me with like, my sleep situations at all. But then I, I, I was like, I would withdraw from it when I came off of it. So my, my struggle really like aside from kind of dealing with, you know, if, you know, being away from everybody I love, always being surrounded by strangers when you're surrounded by the band, it's great, but you're always in each other's faces with your band and crew. You're living on a bus. Um, but then I was in the background of all of those struggles that were, I guess, you know, just normal band stuff. I was dealing with this, like this really, uh, crazy, like addiction now to clonazepam and, 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 and then long story short, I, I had this kind of like crazy epiphany and I kind of got into meditation. I ended up weaning myself off that and it took me like three or four years, but I, I ended up after a decade of pretty much barely sleeping and never thinking I would ever really sleep again. I like, this is just my new reality. I thought, um, through like meditation and stuff, I was able to kind of like, you know, get rid of that, you know, the, the addiction to clonazepam and whatnot. And I was, um, kind of like started living super holistically, uh, changed my whole diet, changed everything. And then when I started getting into the meditation, that's where like, I began like being able to sleep again and, and stuff like that. Damn. So like, were you doing like breathing exercises? Like, did that like kind of calm you down? And so what happened was I, so I, like I said, I was always doing like martial arts, right. And it, it always, cause it was always in the mix and I was doing a Russian martial art called Sistema. And, and that taught me like a lot about breathing and it's, it's like a Russian military style martial art, but it's a really like holistic based kind of martial art. And I really loved that. I learned a lot from it, just the understanding of like movement and body and being in tune with your body. But what happened was I like right in the deep, 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 like, like tendrils of like this addiction to clonazepam, I had just bought an, an SUV and it was new. It was like, like we're talking maybe like a month old maybe a couple weeks old at this point and i'm driving it and i'm going i'm on my way to go to, to sistema this martial arts place that I, I i went to and as i'm driving my suv just just stops in the middle of the road and just dies on me a new car like i'm like what the hell i'm like what's going on I'm, and i'm already like you know like if you know like what it's not like to have sleep for a long time you're just everything irks you um and you oh, just yeah. feel like off all the time it always irritated and it's just like you just don't have patience and I, so my car broke down and i went to go look at my phone and my phone was dead too and i'm like oh my god like i'm, I'm like oh I, I can't even call um aaa or whatever so or at this this was in, in ontario and toronto so i was like i can't call caa and i was on a stretch of road where it was kind of like the outskirts and there wasn't really any houses around. There was like nothing around. The only thing that was like literally directly to my left was a Buddhist temple. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to go in there. <clears throat> I'm going to ask them if I can use their phone. So I go in there and I go to ask them to use their phone. And I, as I'm waiting there to use their phone, I guess it was a Buddhist nun or somebody who worked there. She just started talking to me and I was talking to her back or whatever. And then she's just like, something doesn't seem right with you. Like, your energy is really off. And I'm like, I was like, yeah, it is. I'm like, I've been so fucked up for so long. I don't even know what's going on with me anymore. So she's like, you know, just come with me. And she took me, this is a huge temple, by the way, like a massive, massive Buddhist temple. Like it was like acres big. And she was just like, come to the library. And she's like, I'll let you take, just take as many books as you want. She's like, all I ask 
and she's you never have to bring them back you can keep them if you're going to ever get rid of them never throw them out just pass them on to somebody else so i'm like all right so i started taking all these books and that night i started just reading some 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 of the, some of these books and and the dharma and all this kind of stuff and then I, I went back the next day and then i started frequenting it like multiple times a week then i started kind of going like every day and i would just kind of go and i would ask the monks questions and sometimes i'd eat with them and then i would just kind of like stay in the temple and learn how to meditate and then that kind of was like the start of the whole journey for me and then i started getting really deep into like the spiritual aspect of of who we are and our purpose and reason and all that kind of stuff and once I was able to kind of like really understand like what it is that we are and are supposed to do and I and life became a little bit more clear for me it's just kind of like everything that I was worried about and that was you know everything that I felt like attached to I was able to kind of let go of including that addiction to the clonazepam as well even though it was really rough getting off of it it was hell but I was over time I was able to kind of move past that holy yeah. shit dude I just yeah I just want to uh say on that subject that um I've gone days without sleep. Um yeah. And I've gone uh, man like I've gone I've tried to regulate a sleep schedule. Actually, I think having a kid has actually helped me regulate more than I ever have. Um Totally. But like I think that a part of lack of sleep gets your brain digging pretty deep. Like you end up in, in Yes. This could just be my my experience, but like I understand the anxiety you're talking about or like the panic. Like it makes you like kind of yeah. like you you're like almost like a bowl full of water in a car driving. Yep. Like it just sloshes around yes. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Every now and then you're spilling over and you're like, you know, and you feel less and less of yourself every day and every minute, like inside the bowl. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And um, being like I. I find it wild that you're talking about um, like the reason we're here and purpose and stuff, because I've had those thoughts before. And now that we're talking and I've found someone who's kind of like, you know, I, I haven't talked to a lot of people who've had like this similar uh, kind of situation or whatever yeah. you want to call it. That That's like, like the existential thoughts come to my, like would come to my head a lot, especially yes. the, like less I slept, the more like existentially I would think I've noticed. And yes. it's, yes. it's kind of weird that like you almost get like somewhat delirious, but at the same time you're like, you're still like digging. Is yes. That, so you've had the same experience, huh? hundred percent. Like Holy I would shit. dig so, I would dig <laughs> so deep that I could go digging on the same idea where oh, sure. you know what i mean like just digging and digging and digging and then and then it it's like you, i kind of would i'd come like i was like it come i kind of comes down to i'm like why am i here what 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 is my purpose right because i'm like what am i worried about if i don't even know why i'm here in the first place you know because and that was the thing like i think that was like also the curse of like my dream coming true is that once i reached it i was like well, what now? Like, what the fuck? Who am I? Like, what do I do? You know, what is, what is it? Like, what is all of this? And, and then I think, I think the the problem is that I started to kind of chase that so much that like trying to figure out everything and understand like, why am I here? Why am I feeling this way? Like, what is this? What is that? Like, why are we all here? Why am I even doing this? Do Who am I? What do I want to do? I think, I think that, 
at some point I had a, an amazing mentor and that told me a couple of things that like piece of advice that like over time when it really sunk in what he was talking about really changed my whole perception on everything. And it really, you know, it, it helped me a lot. And it was like pretty much you know, he's just like, you know, anytime you're trying to figure out some of these deep thoughts, it really comes down to one thing, one core fear that we all share. And he's like, it's the fear of isolation. And I'm like, ah, no, it's not really that. He's like, no, no. He's like, everybody's fear, whether you're scared of a spider or you're scared that you're not going to be able to put, you know, you know, put food on the table for your kids because you might get fired from your job. doesn't matter. He's like, it all comes down to this, the, this core fear of the fear of isolation, the end, the finale, you know, the end, like being isolated mm -hmm. alone. And I was like, okay, well, give me an example. So he's like, okay, for example, like, he's like do this exercise exercise like it's called like the then what exercise you say what your fear is and then you say well, okay well then what then what then what so it's just like okay you know uh let's say he's like for an example let's say you're 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 afraid of going broke okay let's use that as an example he's like okay so let's say you're afraid of going broke well then what well then i'm like okay well if that was my fear then i guess then i wouldn't be able to provide for my kids okay well then what if i wasn't able to provide for my kids then I would feel like I failed them as a father. Okay, well, if I failed them as a father, then what? And when you go down, you keep going down, and it's just like, okay, well, then they're gonna, they're not, nope, they're gonna grow up and feel like their dad was like this deadbeat that ever supported them. Okay, well, then what? Well, then I'm gonna start to have a detached relationship with my kids. Okay, well, then what? Then everyone else is gonna think that I'm a loser. And you go down, and it's, it, you kind of get down to this core fear, which is like, well, then what? Then I'm alone. It's like, and, and it's like every, every single fear. So he's just like, everybody's always trying to figure out the answer to not get to that place. When really, if you just accept that, that everyone shares that core fear and all of our fears really come down to that idea of that fear of isolation. He's like, then you don't have to, you don't have to get involved in the chatter of the mind and, and trying to figure out all these things. He's like, cause there's just certain things we'll never, we'll never know. And he's like, you, we could spend for, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was going to say, have you no, ever... Have you exercised that on different subjects and gotten the same result? hundred percent, hundred percent. Like if wow. you really sit there, sit there with a pen and paper, he's like, that's the thing. He's like, sit there with a pen and paper. And he's like, and he's like, you put whatever your fear is in that moment. And it doesn't matter what it is. Right. It's like, it's like same thing. Okay. Like I'm at jujitsu. Like what if, what if I, 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 I um, my, my professor doesn't think I'm, I'm good enough to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, what if my professor says, uh, gives me an example. What if my professor says, you know, that arm bar wasn't really good. Okay. And that really bothers me. Right. Okay. Well then what? Well then maybe he's saying that I'm not really good. Well then what? Then maybe everyone else in the gym doesn't think I'm very good. Well then what? Well then, you know, I'll never probably ever get to my blue belt. Well then what? That everyone's going to think I'm a loser. And you know, you, it, it doesn't matter what it is, but it, when you actually kind of go down and sometimes it can take pages to get to it, but it always leads to this fear of isolation. So then when I found that that was like this kind of like this, and then I, for, for me, it was like, it rung so true because everything that started to bother me, like even like something my mother-in-law would say to me, like, Hey, you know, the, you know, your guys's trees need to be trimmed. And I was like, that would irk me, you know? And I'd be like, well, why does that irk me? It's like, well, cause what is she saying? Essentially by saying like, you know, the trees should be trimmed. Well, you're not taking good care of the house. Well, if I'm not taking good care of the house, then what? And then it goes down to like me feeling like I'm, not good enough you know I, i'm isolated i'm alone i'm on this island by myself right 
And, and I think most people, when you kind of look at what their fear is, like fear of getting bit by a dog is, is what is that? It's your fear that you're going to get hurt. What happens if you get hurt? Then you're going to, you know, you, you might die. And if you might die, then you're alone, you know? So hmm. I, when, I, when I started to kind of see that, then the chatter almost didn't, wasn't necessary or, or my, my, my need to engage in, in, in the mind wanting to uh, figure out everything. I'd be, I kind of look at it from a distance. Like, oh, there's my mind trying to like figure shit out again, but it doesn't matter because it all leads to the same conclusion anyways. And I just have to accept that in the end that we have, we have no, no one really knows what happens. And then that brings it to the next thing that he said to me, uh, another mentor was just like, and I was like, well, then what the fuck is the purpose of, of life? You know? And this is um, this kind of yogic mystic guy. And I was like, well, what is the purpose of life? And he's like, he kind of, he laughs and he's like, the purpose of life is that there is no purpose to life. It's very simple. He's like, the purpose of life is to simply enjoy life. And that is it. If you try to put too much um, pressure on finding purpose, then, then you're not living in the moment and enjoying what is all the time, you know? Right. So it took me, it took me like a while to really like soak that into my head. But once it did, it like, it changed a lot of how I perceive everything and how I perceive certain things people would say to me and, 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 and just situations that would come. Cause I'd be like, Oh, why am I like, you know, I'd like, if somebody would make me angry it, it, and that's the thing, it's like that fear of isolation. It, 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 it's not just like anxiety based. It's like, it could be something you know, like something, a situation that makes you angry. It's like, well, why does it make you angry when you kind of go through, well, then what, then what, then what it always, for me, leads back to that same, Oh, the fear of isolation, the fear of being alone, you know? So, it, it, so I was realizing it's just like with all these emotions and, and thoughts, it all kind of came down to the same place. And so, I don't know. I just found like, for me, that was like really like a pivotal moment. Man, that's awesome. Like, uh, you know, I kind of like, I, I did like a small episode and I'll probably do a bigger one, um, on like depression, anxiety, and yep. like having those existential thoughts that kind of like I had to sort through during it. And yep. uh, I would almost be afraid of those thoughts because I don't know. Um, I really don't know. I didn't, I didn't get to those conclusions yet, but, um, I came up with like similar solutions. Like, you know, you, you say, then what, then what? And I think that's a really cool exercise. Um, you know, I, I got to the point where I told myself, well, you came in this world alone, you're going to leave alone, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, and I, I understand living in the moment. I think that's a really good way to like meditate slash like, uh, break the anxiety circles or like the depression, like ring, you know, kind of, kind of like an exercise I would do. That's why I asked you if, uh, you did breathing techniques. And I noticed that, uh, one of the Gracies, I can't think of it right now, but you know, he, he's got that documentary called breathe because he's big into breathe, uh, breathing techniques. Oh yeah. Hickson. Hickson. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah I, I yeah. felt like an idiot. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to not look dumb because <laughs> I can't come up with the name. I'm having a brain. F- I'm trying to stay on subject, but, um, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, I had that. And then, but there, there's something to say about, I think it all can, can be used. Um, I know like a lot of monks and I kind of want to, uh, the monk thing was like really interesting to me now to think about it. But the, um, I, I think it all has purpose. Like, um, like a lot of monks and like, you know, meditation things you see, it's like in the moment right now, that's all you have the moment right now. Yeah. And, and it does help break those circles. Like 
especially if you take a second to breathe and you just tell yourself, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. It's all you're thinking about. Therefore, you're like flushing your mind, which is a great exercise. But, you know, like I, I can't help but to think that like, you know, live it, live your life and and enjoy it 100 percent like but i also think it's a little bit deeper as in like uh you know i've thought a lot of like yeah well when you pass like what's the point like you're just gone you get forgotten about it but what does happen is like knowledge stays and if you think about it you have kids you teach your kids you pass down your knowledge therefore if any every generation you're getting a step you know more knowledgeable then it's like really the only thing you can leave behind exactly so part of me thinks that you know life is about gaining knowledge to pass down yeah for for humanity's sake to kind of take it to kind of counter a little bit of like the isolation thing you you are isolated it is just you and especially when you have an anxiety and panic attacks it's, it's really scary because you are in it alone like there's no one who's going to fix it like you have to figure out how to fix it you can help yourself but i think i can't help but to think that like part of your purpose is yes live your life and and do a good job but also part of your purpose is to lead like uh add to humanity something like 100 percent knowledge or pass down something like you know think about how like let's just you know stay on our subject like like jujitsu yeah. By the time you, by the time like you know Carlson Gracie, Junior, and the lineage gets old, even like our professor, by the time he gets old to where he can't do it or he dies or passes, mm-hmm. um, jujitsu has evolved so much. Just that sport itself has evolved so much from when he oh, yeah. started doing it. And think like once that professor passes, and the next professor, and the next professor, and each professor is like a step deeper into it, and that's just one small part of the universe you know totally totally so part- it's like it's it, it's kind of like finding truth you know it's like right. you kind of dig deep diving deeper into finding the truth of everything in a way yeah and you know and you could think over a thousand years or a million years you know maybe maybe our purpose isn't to find the answers of life yet maybe no. our purpose is to create the stepping stones or clear the path you know Totally. And we don't know. We don't know. Like, do we reincarnate? Is there an afterlife that we or is it over? Like we, we just don't know those things. So it's kind of like, I think our purpose is not to like, it's like, we're never going to know that. Like we're, I'm, we're not going to know that answer. Right. Until we pass. So it's like, so it's like, know what you know, know what you don't know and focus on what you know or what you need. You know what I mean? Like what's yep. what you, you can find out versus the and, stuff you can't. And also think about like your reaction, like not just you, but like, people's reaction to stupid people is always anger. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's got, and that's like, that's instinctual. Like, Oh, that fucking yes. idiot or well, fucking idiot. And it, it's like, it, to me, it kind of more so shows that like naturally you hate stupid people because they're not contributing to, you know, like you don't know the person, but they do a stupid move and naturally it like, it gets you mad for a moment. And the only way for me to explain that without, thinking and without processing that you're you're just naturally mad at somebody who's doing something stupid is because maybe deep down primitively we're feeling that they're not contributing to humanity you know what i mean totally totally there that's a huge one and another one on on that note that like anytime like now this is kind of like when i said like you know all that kind of stuff that i start to learn like i kind of try and 
step away from things and trying to see it like a little bit deeper. When I find I have an issue with somebody mm-hmm. almost all the time now, it's because there's an element of that person that I don't, that, that, that I have in myself that I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, huh. like, that's uh, interesting. like Rick, I'll be like, fuck that person drives me nuts. And then I'll be like, I fucking do that too. And that's why, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I, it's like, and I'm like, I don't like that about myself. And it's just like, I haven't really figured it out. And I, I'm like, I'm shitting on this person now. was not figured it out either, but it's bothering me. And I should be figuring it out for myself, you know? Yeah. 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 Some people are the opposite too. Like there's people yes. who like, who like you get mad at people are the same. Some people get mad at people who like, uh, either envious, like the, it's because they yeah. have something that they don't. Yeah. And then, Sometimes people get mad at other people because they're unhappy with themselves. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Yeah, they, uh... and the other the other cool thing that I like this that I kind of like stumbled upon that you know one mentor told me and I was like God that like this is a huge thing for me too is like <clears throat> we we are always like so attached to like our thoughts and our feelings right like it, like you said like you'll think of something and you'll feel like you have to like engage in the thought or whatever right. And, you know, this one mentor to me is this like, he's like, think of it pretty much like this. There's you and then there's the mind and then there's the body, right? And you are like the pilot of the mind and the pilot of the body. And if, 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 you know, if you believe in something greater and you're here on this earth, then think of like the body and this and the mind is like this, these like two incredibly divine that you get to use to live a human life. You know, so the only thing that's wrong with you, like he would say to me, is that is that your intelligence has taken over you and you just have to re- start to like put that back in check. So it's like you use the mind when you want to use it like like a well-trained dog, like a really well-trained dog sits by your side. You don't even know it's there when you ask it to do something. It will run and pick up, you know, pick up something for you, come right back and it stays quiet like a poorly trained dog is this like always dragging you all over the, you know, when you're on a walk, pulling you here, pulling you there, you know, shitting on people's lawns. And then it, 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 it's become so loud and obstructive that that becomes your, your focus. So that's kind of like the mind when the mind is like through meditation, you can like start to clear and clean the mind and like repair the mind and put it back where it's supposed to be, which is like in this place of where it should be quiet. And, you know, and it's like, it's like training a dog. Because like when that dog is crazy, like I've had crazy dogs before. I'm just like, I can't believe I just spent half an hour dealing with this <laughs> stupid dog, you know? Right. And, and it took me away from the moment being in, right? So I think when people are saying like to be in the moment, I think like we take it too literally where it's like, okay, I got to focus, be on the moment, be on the moment, be in the moment. But it's not really about that. I think it's about like acknowledging the mind and, and think, okay, like my mind's being crazy right now, accepting that it's there, but then choosing to let that be without engaging in it and come back to the moment. And it's like a bully. So it's like every time you engage the mind when it's when it's acting out, that's like a bully saying, hey, you're fat. And you saying to the bully, no, I'm not. The bully's going to come back and say, yes, you are. But the second you say to the bully, yeah, I'm fat, then the bully doesn't, over time starts to leave it alone. So the more you engage the mind with 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 thoughts that 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 don't lead to you know that you know 
you're engaging thoughts that I shouldn't be doing this. This is just makes no sense. I'm just wasting my time. I'm just trying to conclude something that I'll never have the answer to. When you know those thoughts are coming, all those fears and those anxieties are coming. The second you engage in it, you've just, you've just given the fuel to the bully and it comes back more and more and more. The whole idea I think of mindfulness and being in the moment is accepting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm fat or Okay, I, yeah, I guess my mind's having that thought again and agreeing with the thought almost, even if you don't actually agree with it. But it's just like, okay, yeah, sure. Like I'm, I'm never going to sleep again. And I start to do this. You know, I would have these anxieties that I was never going to sleep again. I was like, I was so an- anxious. that Then it became like, will I ever sleep again? That, that became the thought. And oh, I'm trying to figure out well, what, these, uh, uh, what, what can I do to sleep and all this kind of stuff. So, then, uh, you know, I was like, you know what? No, maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I'll never sleep again. And I, I kind of like respond to my thought like that. And then they go, okay, well, if you never sleep again, then you're going to always be tired. I'm like, yeah, then I'm going to be tired all the time. And then when I started to kind of like give that, it's kind of like the bully or the mind, the opposite feedback, it just started to get quieter and quieter. And over time, it just realized that that's not going to trigger me anymore and starts to kind of go back. And, and it's interesting because you start to realize the correlation between the feeling of anxiety as well, because the mind the, 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 the feeling is a reflection of the mind. So the mind comes up with a thought, you feel that. So right. it was like, it, so the feeling started to, and the thoughts kind of started to kind of fall over time more into the background. So I, I so that's why I'm like really about meditation because it, it, meditation also puts you in that space where when you meditate, you can start to see who you are in relation to the mind and who you are in relation to the body so that I could sit there in a meditation and be like, I'm going to think, of a pink elephant right now. I'm like, but because I'm thinking of a pink elephant, that doesn't make it real. So you start to realize that you, none of your thoughts are real. Even your good thoughts, like none of it is real. Your thoughts are just, are just pretty much like a vault of information that you've absorbed over your lifetime and things you've heard. And it's just kind of like spitting them out like a computer, you know? So it's kind of like when you can start to see that, like I can see a thought and, and it has, it's, it's not me or I can have a feeling and it's not me. It's just that thought creates this feeling. Then you start to kind of see that like, oh, okay, like I'm going to use the mind when I want to. And if it's not helping me, then I just kind of, I let it be and I go back to what I'm doing. Ah, that's a cool skill. I, yeah. I kind of, I'm reflecting a little bit. Um, Yeah, when I have those like anxiety loops, that is one thing that like sometimes I would just have to accept whatever fear I was having. Yes. You start thinking like, I don't want to think this. I don't want to think this. I don't want to think this. But all you're doing is thinking about it because you're telling yourself, I don't want to think about it. But then like, yeah. when you start accepting like, well, I'm probably going to think about it. I'm probably going to think about it. It starts bugging you less because you're like accepting and understanding yeah. it's, it's going to happen. It's wild. I, yeah. I haven't really uh, spoken to somebody who's like kind of like uh, used a lot of these like same techniques or had a lot of these similar experiences. Is this, yeah, like, I, you, is this type sorry? of stuff you talked about on Ted? Uh, or did you go in the rock I'm star lifestyle? <laughs> no, it, 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 no, it was, it was, it was, it was about. I didn't go deep into the meditation stuff, but it was, it was about like overcoming um, that addiction that I had, and um, so yeah, so yeah, so it, it, I touched on it briefly, but yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I, I just think at the end of the day, like it's it's really interesting. Like when you when you kind of like start to study your own mind, you realize that it's just a tool. So now it's it's funny because now I'm like I see my mind and my body is simply a tool. 
it's just like, and when you get really deep into meditation and I've done this with other people before too, where it's just, you get so deep into the meditation that you don't, that your the thoughts are gone and you're, there's this clarity and that I'm just like, man, if my body didn't exist right now or my mind, I'd still be here. Hmm. It's like, because, because you kind of go, it's like, you kind of go beyond any thought and any feeling. It's just this knowingness that you're here. And then that's when I was just like, man, like, are we eternal? It's so, you know, there's so much, there's so much to like explore. <laughs> it doesn't and, end. <laughs> it doesn't end. And doesn't end. Yeah. It's, it can be consuming. That's for damn sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. How were the, were the monks like really welcoming? It sounds like they're super welcoming. Like, how was that experience? Yes. So I went to a few different buddhist uh, temples over the years and i had one that was like mainly all chinese people and then i had one that was all indian people and um they were both both kind of same philosophies um same you know uh, different ways of kind of like teaching and explaining things but i found that when i went to this um this other temple that was um it was it was uh, the, the whole community was Indian. I was like kind of like one of the only white folk that would kind of show up. Um, I I just I felt they they specifically and I, this has nothing to do with even culturally I guess at all. But I just felt like you know you'd get there and they would like there would always be Indian food that somebody would have dropped off or that they would have made. There was a kitchen in this and their temple was much smaller. And I always just felt like they were extremely extremely open to like asking questions and. They were there to, to, they were there for you all at all the, all the time. Like they were mm. night or day, you could walk into that temple and you could just ask them a question and somebody was there to chat with you or ask them, Hey, like, do you have a recommendation of a meditation or how can you do this meditation? And I felt like at both places that I went to and I felt everyone was extremely, extremely welcoming. And it's crazy. Cause like when I came here, when I moved here, first thing I did, like I was trying to find like a temple, Buddhist temple here, just to kind of like connect and be, just go to a place where I could just kind of meditate and kind of like be am- amongst that energy. And I couldn't, there's, there, I couldn't find anything even close to here. I was like, man, that's crazy. Cause I would have thought there'd been tons, you know, we're in a, a place that's more highly populated than Canada. Um, but I just haven't really found anything like that here. Yeah. Um, I think there is one. Cause I remember my mom actually went over to like a temple over in like Tampa or something or Oh, maybe there is. Maybe there's one in Tampa. I looked kind of like St. Pete area kind of thing because we're like, you know, in this kind of area or whatever. But right. Um, but I, yeah, so yeah, maybe I'll, I'll kind of check that out. But yeah, they were all super just nice. I can pull some information from people. her and let and let you know what I find out because I, I'm yeah. I'm like like ninety nine percent sure she was like excited about it because she likes uh she likes reading up on like Buddhism and like. Yeah, kind of, kind of stuff like that, and she, I guess, got the opportunity or went with somebody to a temple, and they had like food and stuff, and she loved yeah. it. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to get you the info and and uh, let you know so you go check it out and compare it. Yeah, they were. They, I loved it, and yeah, I would love that. But they, I just, yeah, they were all so just cool and chill, and just had like a lot of advice and were always willing to kind of talk with. And the other thing that I thought was super cool is that there was like zero, zero, zero judgment of like any thought that you might have right. and 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 in question there wasn't like oh my god you're thinking about shit like that it was just it was like it didn't matter they were just like you know they're just like yeah that's just that's just a thought and once you understand that like you know that's no different than 
you know, pretty much it was explained to me just like, you know, if, if I'm going to go, you know, uh, cook a meal, you know, I'm going to grab a knife and start cutting the carrots, right? It's a tool, you know, and there's mm. like the mind is the same thing. So it's like, it's there to be used. Now, when you start to use the tool against you, you know, you stabbing yourself, yeah, that's not, that's not good. Right. So right. I start to see it as more of like, oh, this is a tool that I get to use. And then instead of like hating the mind, and then I, you start, I was like, man, this is actually like such an amazing thing that I have that I get to create with this thing. Like I, I got to where I was in music because of it. I just have to figure out the other side of it, you know? Yeah. Think, think of how much different your life would have been if your, uh, your SUV broke down in front of a strip club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It could have been even better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't know if it would have got better or worse, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You one one place helped you kick the uh, the medicine. The other place would have got you some worse medicine. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, how was touring? Uh, you were touring with a significant other. Was she with you? Was she like staying at home? So like, that's got to be tough. But it was really tough. So it's funny because I met my now wife when I was like nineteen, and then I got signed when I was twenty-one, and it was off to the races. So a lot of my other bandmates met girls and stuff like on the road and J like jamie was there with me before it happened you like when like i had nothing and like broke and you know this like a guy with a dream and she believed in me just as much as i did even though there was like no proof of concept at all it was just i'm gonna do this so so she she started touring with she would, like we had a rule that she would come out every two weeks and we would stay with each other for a few days on tour, but it was like really, really, really hard. It's, it's, it's crazy hard because, you know, especially when my daughter was born, it got even harder. And it was just, you're not in one place for more than 24 hours. So it's not like, you know, Oh yeah, come out to my show in Vegas and we'll, we'll be there for a week and we'll have a great time together. It's like, okay, come out, come, come out to LA and then you'll stay with me for a week. We're going to play, you know, seven shows in a row so you're kind of like living together on a bus with my then girlfriend and your band and crew and it's just it's like crazy but so she stuck with it the, the whole time um but like i said like relationships are very hard to keep like I, I wasn't seeing family or friends and you lose a lot of friends and people just start to think oh he's like he's just too cool for me now he doesn't want to be my friend anymore i'm just like it's not that it's just that, like i'm barely sleeping here i'm like you know, barely holding my, my, my own life together and I'm not getting home. And it's, it's, it was, it's hard. It's really hard. You got to experience that though, partly because like you had the power to not say yes to everything. Like, I mean, like when I'm thinking about what you're saying, like you could have easily like let your friends pressure or like gone home and felt guilty or like let that get to you and take away from like the whole experience and like where you are now and everything you're saying i think there's a lot yeah. of people who shut themselves down because of other people so it's kind of cool totally that like stuck to yourself you know yeah it's hard it, it, i found it really hard to like be like be be myself almost in a way because everyone's expecting somebody something of you as well on top of it like you know to 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 my girlfriend at the time and my friends i'm just sal from the neighborhood but then you're pulling into the show to, to some people you're the, to them, you're the fucking Beatles. Like they're your, 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 their favorite band. 
and you just feel like this immense pressure to kind of like be that person for other people all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I found like that's, that's a, that was a huge struggle as well. Just kind of like, you know, um, trying to like, even like I said, you know, feeling like crap one day and just wanting to just like, you know, not have to be that person for somebody, but then you see somebody you have to be. And it's like, then, then it starts to feel like you're not even living your own life in a way. Yeah. You're living for somebody else. I can understand that. But, uh, yeah. So the, what, what's it like, like having these crazy tour bus stories? Cause I overheard one you told the other day. <laughs> oh man. And what's it like? We've <laughs> living through those and having to like, I'm sure that's not like easy. Like someone had to be super secure to be like sitting at home and know that there's like a crazy ass, you know, traveling yeah. party. Oh my God. It was and the, our, our hit song was called porn star dancing. And it like at one point it, it, it replaced um, pour some sugar on me and girls, girls, girls as like the number one st- song played in a strip club it was everywhere. <laughs> Uh, like so so you can imagine who's coming out to the shows and then like you know i become friends with ron jeremy and this is before he was in jail and 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 all these porn stars are you know are in our music videos and hanging around so yeah it's 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 crazy and but you know the funny part is is that that just became my everyday life like you get on a tour bus and it's packed with people and there's parties every night and then you do it again the next night and the next night and it's like I think though, the the thing is like my wife and I, we had met before the band, and we struggled together, right? To like, so I think there was like a different level of like why we were there. Like she was part of the reason why I was there, you know. And mm-hmm. so I think there was just a different, you know, we just had this diff- different connection. But yeah, she'd come out too, and she'd she'd be they're watching the shenanigans as well. She's like, I can't believe this is just happens every night. I'm like, I know it's, it's crazy to the point where like, to me going home and just like going to watch, like a going to movie, just going to watch a movie that was like, almost became outrageous to me because I didn't get that anymore. Just like normal everyday stuff. I craved that. Like I craved just like going to hang out and like having a coffee with a friend because like, every night was so crazy but it was funny i'd come back and everyone's like just waiting to like want to go party i'm like i do not want to party i don't want to go drinking i don't want to go to a bar everyone's like man i want to go to this concert i don't want to go to a concert i'm like that's my whole life i want to like i want to go to a movie i want to like chill somewhere i don't want to i don't want to go to a place that even has music playing that i want to go place that's quiet you know so it's like i almost craved the opposite come home and i was like that's what i wanted i just want the opposite of what's happening on the road yeah, I, I can uh, relate. I had a, I mean, it was a great time, but around the same age, like I had a roommate and yep. we had like the party house. That was like literally like nonstop, <laughs> a nonstop kegger. And yes. A bunch of people fresh out of like high school and like all sorts yep. of shit. And like it was to the point to where it's like it was mine and my buddy's house. But, like, I would get yep. home from work, and there'd already be a kegger that, like, my other friends were throwing. So, it's like, <laughs> so like you get home, and, like, some nights you're just, like, all right, like, you know, it's kind of cool. Okay, there's a party. Okay, there's a keg. Okay, like, yeah, you know, we're getting, like, like, and you can imagine, like, it was, just, it was you know, some wild nights and shit. And yeah, 
but there were nights where it's like fuck bro like I, I like i would come home and i closed my door a few times and like turned on i had like an old nintendo wii that i found and i like hooked it up and i played yeah. like wh- whatever game was in it and then eventually i got like not saying i didn't ever party because like obviously I, yeah I, I made the best of the situation but yeah um, of course <laughs> but like not doing like i don't know like there were just like times where it's like, man, I went and got like found my old Nintendo sixty four and I hooked up like Mario Kart, and but it yeah, was, I started getting people who were kind of like down to just come in my room and chill and play Mario Kart a little bit and have a beer or two. Yeah, and it was like, but yeah, dude, it does get like, uh, it's fun and like I know what you're saying, like it's exhausting at the same time. Yeah, and I would hate like I'd be in my bunk. And, you know, I, like that was like my, my sanctuary. Like I get into my bunk, I, yeah, we, like we had DVD players and everything in our bunks or whatever at the time. And so I just get in my bunk, I'd zip it up and I would just sit there and chill and like go to like watch a movie, just being quiet. And, like in the background, it's just chaos. You, the bus is shaking back and forth. <laughs> and then you get some j- drunk asshole that just like rip open my bunk, you know, my, 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 oh, my yeah. curtain. And I, and I, oh man, I love you, man. I'm like, get the fuck out of my bunk. I'm trying to like get just have some peace and quiet here man like oh yeah so it's just like that it's like i started to miss i actually started this ritual and it actually helped me and it sounds so strange but it's it's almost like i find myself even doing it today there was i was so desperate to have something that stayed the same every day because like you're in a different city a different climate different people different like nothing stayed the same every day was so crazy so there was never like this grounding feeling of like being home like mm-hmm. you know, I always felt like like I was like like I like I don't know like lost in Egypt in the middle of the desert like that's that feeling like where's home like I'm just always on this walking through sand to kind of figure out where I'm going that I started like every morning no matter where we were and it became a ritual I would go to a Starbucks and I would just sit there for like an hour I and 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 it be and, and sometimes I would be so late for bus call like the tour bus driver would get like so pissed off at me but I was like. I need this. I need to just go to like, feel like there's something familiar. And there was something just like all Starbucks look the same that I could just go and I could sit there and I could just like, Oh, I, it, it, so it's weird. Like Starbucks almost felt like my home for like years. And I made that like, kind of like my, my kind of stationary thing that was the same every day, no matter where we were. Yeah. It's, that's, that's kind of an interesting, you know, somewhat of a struggle as well. Like you were struggling so much to have a normal thing that yeah. it became a Starbucks because they're on every fucking corner. <laughs> but yeah, it, pretty you much. Gotta, you got to find what you can do just to keep your sanity, you know? Totally. That, like, uh, gosh, like, I can't, I couldn't imagine, like, how many people would you fit on that bus? And was it, like, mostly fans? Or was it, like... Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the bu- the bus slept 12. Oh, and we would pat, it slept, so that, that's, that's, how many of us lived on that bus but it was we'd have easily 50 people on that thing it was (laughs) stupid like you couldn't move like our our, like there so the bus the bus that we ended up having for a long time there was two bathrooms on it there was like there was a bathroom that was just like a toilet and a sink and then at the very back there was a shower room so there was a shower and a sink and it was like a full-size shower back there too that would be packed like there would be people everywhere so yeah and and it was like yeah it was uh that thing was just sausage packed with people all the time and it was it was fans 
it was other bands that we'd be touring with. And like that, I mean, there was a lot of cool shit within that too. You know, it's just like, cause a lot of this, um, we're touring with our idols, you know? And, and it went, then, then they become friends and then we're touring together. And it's just like, so some nights they're on your bus and you're having this big party and there's a bunch of fans on there and, 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 and you know, this, you know, these guys that you've been looking up to your whole life. And then the next night you're on their bus and, and it, it, so it was, it was really cool. Sometimes we would, all the bands we put like, you know, we'd be playing at, you know, back of an arena or a stadium somewhere. We put all our buses and be in the same area and there would be like parties from bus to bus and different buses. There's different shit going on. <laughs> there's, yeah, there, there's like, a, there's a lot of amazing memories with that too. One, I think, you know, I don't know if you remember the band Hinder at all. Sounds familiar. Um, they had a song called Lips of an Angel. Okay. It's like, it was, a, yeah, it's a huge, if you hear it, you'll be like, oh, fuck, I know that song. It was, a, it was like a number one pop song in America. Like, it was like the biggest, biggest pop song, I think, in the world at, at one point. But anyways, those guys, we had so much fun touring with those guys because, like, they were, like, shenanigans every single night on, on the tour buses and just doing crazy stuff. So it was, there's a lot of good memories like that. And then, you know, at the end of the night, like all the buses leaving an arena together. And there's just like this, this fleet of tour buses and, you know, you're radioing each other and like, Oh, calling to the, Hey, let's pull over here and let's all pull over here and hang out at this bar after. So you pull up stuff like that. Like there'd be times where like when we were on tour with Nickelback, they'd rent out the whole movie theater and we would just go just, uh, just the bands. And we would just have the entire, not just the, not just the, room that we were in watching you know the movie but the entire theater we would just go and we'd like it with the whole band we just get snacks and whatever and the, the the people working there would pretty much bring everything into like the the movie theater that we were in and just like serving popcorn and food so there's like stuff like that yeah. that i was like man those so, it was so cool and so fun we did all this kind of crazy stuff and and then also you know you're, you're dropping into different cities and you know you have these people, some of them that are like super high profile people that are fans of your band and like just want to impress you with something cool. So they'll be like, hey, man, you want to go do this crazy thing and we'll take you there. And you're like, yeah, sure. So, so there's stuff like that that was cool. Um, but but then but then again, like like you said, like all the shenanigans over time, like also kind of burn you out. But like I look back at it now and I'm like, man, there was a lot of really there's a lot of cool things that I've been able to do and have done. And, you know. And like I said, since COVID, it's, it's, it's slowed down because COVID canceled all the tours. So, you know, um, we'll see where kind of things kind of go from, from there. That's, that was going to be my next question is what's next for you. So I, I signed a deal with, and I, I, I uh, we'll talk about it like, uh, privately, oh. but I signed it, I signed a deal with, uh, with a, a pretty big American band where I'm essentially their backup guy. So long story short, it's, it's a very well-known of a very big rock band and the band behind Ooh. them is a very well-known big American band. Now this big American band still is together and still goes and does tours. So when they're doing tours with their main project, you know, that's made them huge and they get paid an insane amount of money for. I go and I sub in playing guitar for this, going to be playing guitar for this project. Um, so there's that. And then there's my um, kind of like the guys I was in, you know, doing stuff b before COVID. Like that's still kind of like, we're going to, you know, see where that's going to go now. Cause now it's kind of like, kind of like, how does this kind of still come together after, 
you know it's it's hard to like when you've had steam on something and you just lose it like that like kind of like figuring out how to like how do we hit it again right um because it takes it takes so much effort to get it rolling and then to have it on the charts and be touring and then it just stop it's like figuring all those steps again right especially in today's day and age where like the attention span is just like garbage oh total garbage total garbage yeah and it, but but at the same time like i i'm liking my life way more now that it's more balanced like it's like there's a music opportunity that comes up i go i do it and if not then i'm i'm here and i'm home and i'm doing this and and now it's actually funny like i'll get hired for like i'll get hired now from fans to like they can hire me and like i'll go out and like they'll fly me out and i'll go play like two songs at their wedding and then they fly me home the next day kind of thing so that's also like a whole other thing that i never thought i Whoa. would be doing you know just like random like private things like that will people will reach out and and be like hey you know like we you know we're having a wedding here or whatever and you know and they'll like oh you know they tell me the date and what songs from our you know from a my catalog they kind of want me to play and then i just go and i'll bring with my acoustic guitar i'll take one of my texts and the two of us just fly out go you know play two songs at a wedding or a thing and then i they kind of fly home the next day or the day of kind of thing oh that's cool yeah and that's been super cool too so my boy's got options <laughs> there's there, there's some options there's some options but i'm also like i'm i'm into all kinds of stuff and even not music related now i'm like kind of just exploring other things to do in life and yeah yeah, man, I'm kind of in that mind space too. Yeah, pursuit that. of a world world champion jujitsu guy. We'll see, you know. <laughs> Fuck yeah! I mean, hey, that's a that'd be great. I'd love be to be fun. I'd love to help you or be there. See how it goes. Hell, dude, I would love that. I would love that. There's a lot of knowledge that you have for for damn sure. I try to help, man. I try to keep the mindset that like uh, I don't know. I I, I should actually probably. Uh, ask professor about it to be honest but like I, I i try to like help people improve because i feel like the more they improve the more the whole gym improves therefore the more i as well improve dude it, no that is true and and on top of that when you teach somebody something you learn it deeper right i i right? coached for a while there i was like oh did you yeah believe it or not like i was like the kids coach for like probably three to four years and oh, then no way yeah and i wanted to get into coaching the adults and uh you know i asked professor several times and i guess i don't know there just wasn't room for it or like i could go help bobby but helping bobby is like uh you know he's got it <laughs> there's like yeah he can run a full class and like he he's got a really good system down so it was very tough for me to expand on like the jujitsu side of like coaching because i really enjoy it um it was like hard because i don't know there just wasn't the time i mean in an accountability standpoint i should have came up with you know a solution and maybe pounded it until i got it but um is is it taboo to again because i don't know the culture of it compared to other martial arts I've done. Cause you know, like I did kickboxing for a while and sometimes there'd be like a guy that would kick, you know, coach at a few different gyms or whatever. Is that like oh, a yeah. taboo thing within the jujitsu community? It's like, you can do that. You can do that. Or, um, yeah. Like I know our professor doesn't like it. Um, yeah, got it. Got it. It, it, it. It's like such a weird subject because it, it's like, I kind of understand 
and but then at the same time it's kind of like like so you know imagine if i'm if you're teaching guitar lessons to a bunch of people at once or and then you got a guy who's learning from you but wants to go teach at another you know competitor competitive you know record record label so you'd be like you'd be like well damn like you know he just it's kind of like an awkward thing so you got to kind of protect your your brand and stuff but at the same time it's like there's a lot of people who want to expand it and and coach so i don't really know like i would love to do private lessons on the side um yeah i mean maybe that's a thing yeah, I, I, I've been brainstorming how to make money in jiu-jitsu. I think I'm going to either have to, like, invent something or, like, innovate something or just, like, really fucking grind, like, going back to what you're saying, get the momentum yeah. starting from scratch. Uh, but I yeah. also feel like there's um, hopefully a lot of time in my jiu-jitsu career to even figure that out. So, like... Totally, man. Totally. It's it's funny because, like, I'm, a, I'm, like, new, but I know, like, there's... I, I was just telling my wife this, like, the other day. I was like, there's just that feeling that I had about music, you know, that when I was a kid, I have that about jujitsu now, you know, and it's just like, it's, it's just kind of like, and I don't know where it will lead, but I just know I have to stick on the path and grind it out. That's how I feel. I told professor, like I've dealt with like a lot of injuries and a lot of BS. Um, I've sort of had like what I think is like a tough jujitsu career. I know it's not easy for everyone, but um, yeah, yeah. You know, I was in a car accident and uh, oh, all sorts of stuff. Um, but I, I told Professor, I'm like, I'll crawl to my black belt if I got to. You yeah. Know, if I got to come in and crawl across the mats, like, that's what I got to do. But I kind yeah. of I kind of have a similar feeling. Like, I almost, like, I almost know that I'll be all right. Like, I almost know that, like, I have confidence that I can find a career in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe years down the road, I get a gym. I don't know. It's, yeah. But I do, I do know when I'm away from the mats, I feel empty. Dude, like I missed, I, I missed two days yeah. in a row and it's bothering me. Yeah, it does. It does because it's, it's, it's in a weird, weird way. It's almost like a religion for, for me where it's just like, I got to be there and do it. Yeah, I like I feel fulfilled. It's like ah, I did like it's like praying almost. I think that's like I you know you get off the mats, you feel like you did like fifty hail marys or some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like it's like addicting almost, but it's it's addicting because it's like almost something that takes your mind completely off of everything. Because yes, like, it's like it's physically challenging. So you get like your fitness and your you know your physical workout and your endorphins but you're also like so in tune and in the moment and like in the middle of a puzzle that you're like completely fucking focused yes and you know what else i i think it is too on top sorry go go ahead finish your thought no no that that was it that was pretty much i want to hear what you got I, i think what's even so amazing about it and i was explaining this to my wife she's i was i was like I think I figured out why I love it so much. It's just martial arts in general, but specifically jujitsu because of the, the full throttle contact of it. I'm like in this world that we live in right now, what, like what in the hell is not tainted by technology? Everything is, you know, when it's like, so I'm like, this is like, 
one of like the purest forms of just being a human and connecting with somebody. Right. And like, and like, and not using technology to, to like, to be great at something. It's like, I have to use my body and I have to use my mind and I have to do it with another person. And there's no, like, like even now in music, like you can be the shittiest singer and there's auto tune, you know, know, you can be right. So, so it's just like, even the human element, I always tell my wife, I was like, I wish I was a a musician in the seventies because I was like, there's not, there was none of that. You just had to be good. And like, and, 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 and that, that's what I loved and love about music is this like when you're like three or four other guys in a room and you're just creating and you're like, nothing else exists, but like just our, our hands and our minds and we're creating this. And I like that. That's, I'm like, that's so in, especially now this day and age that we live in where everything is so technological. I'm like it's so pure. It's like you go, there's mats, there's nothing there. So you're just in a room with mats, a bunch of other people and you know the and you're just you tap hands and you're human and and it's like it's human you're you're wow that is that is such a good point dude um yeah especially especially with like ai like i i just saw uh at first ai stuff well i i i'm kind of not for it i i think it's yeah i'm kind of like not a social uh i'm i've never really been a big social media type of person because i i just feel like it's it's kind of used negatively. Like it, it does yeah. a lot of, it does a lot of good, but there's just yep. like a negative aspect. Like it, it's like contributing. I truly believe it's contributing to people's attention span, just being absolute shit. People being yeah, disengaged totally. socially and like, like in a natural, like natural sense. Um, yeah. And, and it's addicting. And I think that anything that's like addicting, you should at least understand the level of addiction. Like, I'll kick coffee for 30 days just so I understand the level of my coffee addiction. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. So I know what it feels like on it and off of it. And I just know, but, um, like that's a really good point that it's just like, it's just two human bodies like engaging. And then afterwards you have like the camaraderie and like the brotherhood and like the, and that's what's addicting about it because it's like, it's community. And it's like, that is what we're meant to do as humans. We're supposed to connect. And oh, it's yeah. like, and that, right. So it's just like, and I think that's almost what's addicting about it. It's just like you, 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 we like I, on a subconscious level, I think we all long for that. It's like to be human. And it's just like, oh, there's all these things in our life that like pull us away. And I think that's what a lot of anxiety stems from because like when you're on the mats, you feel good. When I'm in the ocean swimming, I feel great. You're in the forest. You feel awesome. The second, like I'm in my car, my phone's ringing, you start to feel agitated. You know, so it's like, I think it's like this longing to just be human. So it's just like, I'm like, I'm like, no, that that's like, I need that. Yeah. And I saw this AI thing, dude, like, uh, someone used AI to make a, a Drake in the weekend song. And it sounds like Drake, like rapping slash singing. I'm not a big fan of him, but it sounds like him. Yeah. And then it sounds like the weekend comes in and does, and it's like all AI, like, and then there was like a, a Joe Rogan podcast, like a whole entire episode made from AI. Yes, I heard and, that. That was crazy. And it's like, dude, like we're heading into this weird age of like, you're not even going to know what's real. Like the technology is going to advance so fast and so much that like, like, um, I don't know. It's kind of scary to me. Like, you, you, like think about like, because right now I'm in like a camera industry, like security. So like, yeah we do like security gates and cameras and, and like, you know, commercially, um, like 
the owners are kind of like, well, shit, bro. Like, we have facial recognition cameras. But, like, Crazy. with AI and hacking and shit, you could, you could have someone yeah. who looks like a high-profile person. Like, you could have, like, you can make fake videos of the president or, like, the... It's, I, it, I bet you that shit's happening already. It's happening oh, already. I'm sure. Like, you could, like, what if it was, like, Putin? I don't know. I don't know if it's going to get the video banned. But, uh, like, what if they had, like, a fake Putin saying some fake shit? And then, like, you know, you're just, like, propagating. Or, like, I just think yes. it's, like, you could create so much fake propaganda slash confusion that it's, like, almost game over. Totally. Totally. Yeah, and no, I, I, and I, that's why, I, like, I'm so... Like, I'm so not a tech person just because, like, I find, like, I just, I don't want to be a part of that world. And I'm, like, it, like, I have some of my friends, like, making fun of me because, like, you know, I had, up until a couple of years ago, like, I had a flip phone. I, like, I, I, like, I, I, I got rid of my iPhone. I went back to a flip phone. And then I, I switched back because no one was, like, answering my phone calls because everyone just wanted a text message, right? And it's, like, I, I had, like, a phone. I'm not going to T9 for, like, hours, you know, yeah. texting people. But, <laughs> but, yeah, but but I, but I, um, but I, but I'm just, like, even with my kids, I'm, like, I don't want them to, I, they're going to have to be part of that world, but I want them to, like, do human things. Because I'm like, just because all that shit's happening and the world's going that way, like there's always a community of people that don't move that way, you know, and just, and like, you know, going kind of back to jujitsu, it's like finding more things that involve people being together, you know, like inviting people over to have like dinner and like, you just shut off your phones, and, like we cook and we hang out together. We have a great meal together and have like a conversation, you know, and I, and I, I kind of want to focus my life more in that direction where it's just like, Hey, like, let's go to the beach and let's just you know, have a hang and like chill there for the day and, and do stuff like that where it's just like, let all that stuff happen. But I don't want to be a part of it almost, you know, it's like, that's, it's not even, yeah. That's one thing about having a kid that like, I kind of like enjoy is like, it kind of makes us like a unit and yes. it kind of gives us more of the mindset of like, well, we don't need to go crazy. We just want to be, you know, we, we just want to see you and, hang like you know what i mean like yeah we, so i i think uh i i i think that's a great thing i i completely agree with that and i think that's actually uh because i gotta go back to dad duty i want to go see my yeah, yeah before we put it down but i think that's a good note to leave, leave this conversation off on man i mean um that's a good way to close it out and in the future man if you want to do this again or you have fun i'd love to i feel like there's a lot to yeah dig down man um <clears throat> i'm in anytime awesome so you hear it folks sal says go outside go hug a tree it. <laughs> <laughs> if, it makes, if it makes you feel better but yeah go outside go enjoy sun some sunshine and like <clears throat> i've been i've been uh waking up drinking water first thing in the morning yeah and like uh just going outside and trying to look look at the sun and yeah man I used to be that guy who laid in bed for 10 minutes on social media and whatever, maybe even a half hour. Yeah. And now I'm like, and like, I, I didn't like going outside first thing in the morning, but now that I go outside and get some sunlight and I'm working in an office all day, like, I think that's, I, that would be key. key, key advice that Sal just dropped down along with all your other <clears throat> really good findings from your struggles, man. Thanks, dude.
Yeah, thanks for sharing. And uh, if you're at the mats tomorrow. I'll see you at the mats tomorrow, man. And I'm going to ask you about that project. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll chat about it. Awesome, man. Thanks for doing this. My pleasure, dude. It was a good chat. And we'll talk chat soon. All right, man. Take care. Bye bye. I think the podcast is fucking sick. If you're listening to it and you're like, you know, I don't know if I want to listen to the next episode of this podcast. You're probably a bitch ass. You need to listen to the next episode of this podcast and keep listening to it. Um, because my friends down here are trying to make shit happen and we're going to make some shit happen.